Jumbo fellow adventurer, it's Mike Dooley here to remind you of how powerful you are and how much you deserve by sharing spiritual tune-ups. These are live broadcasts Monday through Friday, each lasting 5 to 15 minutes, where I answer viewers' questions, bringing lofty metaphysical concepts down to earth for your immediate traction. You were born to succeed. You are pushed on to greatness every single day. Your positive thoughts are at least 10,000 times more powerful than your negative thoughts. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy a week's worth of spiritual tune-ups. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, you need not have lows to have highs. Okay, this is a lesson about contrast. Contrast is a really big buzzword right now. Uh, my brother loves Abraham Hicks, and he talks, they talk about contrast all the time. Uh, contrast really helps us understand what's going on in this reality of here, there, now, then, have, have not, you know, there's this dichotomy. So contrast is a great teaching point. I don't listen to Abraham. Um, everything I've ever heard of them is amazing, but I don't ever want to sound like them. And, you know, people are very quick to say, oh, you, you sound like, you know, so-and-so and so-and-so. And so. You're just regurgitating. So I'm not regurgitating. Contrast is the lesson today. And it stems from the recognition that, in these sacred jungles of time and space, um, for every high, there's a low. For every black, there's a white. For every down, there's an up. For every, you know, there's opposites everywhere. It's the dichotomy of the illusions. Yet not understanding the main teachings about contrast, people give their power away big time. So, so here's the deal with contrast. There, there's no law about contrast. It's correct to say that often we need to find out what we don't like, what we don't love, what we're not inclined towards in order to find out what we do like, what we do love and what our gifts are. Okay. There is the teaching point of contrast other than pointing out the obvious that you know, here there's polarity to everything, a yin and a yang to everything, because we're in the illusions. But what are the illusions anyway? But illusions. And too often, the eager student, if you will, draws or extrapolates from the earlier lesson in contrast about learning what you don't like to one of, hey, you know, doesn't, aren't we here to learn everything, to experience everything? No, we're not here to experience everything, not even close. And the earnest student will often think that, that you know, in order to know really, really deep, profound happiness, you've got to know really profound sadness. No, that's not even remotely true. That's kooky tunes. That's crazy stuff. Contrast, if you will, and words fail when trying to name and nail down illusions. Contrast, if you will, is theoretical. 
it's correct to say that if there's a high, there is a corresponding low. But to get to that high, you don't have to go to that low. Why, why would you? Um, if you lived in the southern hemisphere of the planet, does that mean in your next lifetime you have to live in the northern hemisphere of the planet? It's like, yeah, there's no connection whatsoever. If, uh, if you were a really saintly good soul spending your whole life in service, do you think your next lifetime you'd have to come back as an axe murderer? Of course, I'm being facetious. But so is the notion that you have to experience all things to know what you like. You do not have to experience all things. You did not come here to experience all things. You came here with your unique leanings, your unique inclinations, your chosen characteristics. I'm going to be very creative this lifetime. Oh, I'm going to be very analytical this lifetime. Um, I'm going to be learning lessons in patience this lifetime. You came here with this package that you custom designed to highlight and make possible certain adventures adventures into love into glory into power and sure absolutely when we dabble as we adventure in certain realms and we discover we don't like them well so much the better we don't have to go there again onward onward you came here to experience what you wanted to experience to discover um, what lights you up, which doesn't mean you have to go through the dregs and the murk and the mire. You came here to give God that extraordinary opportunity to see through your eyes and feel through your heart. And that does not mean, never did mean, that you're supposed to be doing all things. And so the final point of this lesson, if you will, and this is so key, so often I in my earlier life felt, and I see people kind of feel like, you know, they're cruising along, everything's great, love my life. And they feel like this is like um, a sign or an omen that I was like, all right, you know, it can't be like that all the time. So it's like all of a sudden the floor is going to drop out beneath them. They're going to crash. They're going to burn. They're going to get resurrected. And there's this feeling that every life is supposed to be like this. Again, that's crazy and that's not true. And the more you master your challenges, the more you discover your power, the easier it gets. There's always gonna be lessons. You know, I mean, God isn't done learning. God wanted to be you and me to learn even more. There's always gonna be lessons, but you're gonna see them as lessons. You're going to see them as invitations for being more awesome. And you're not going to be like, oh, man, I got to go back down here now. Oh, I got to go back up here now. Don't be thinking that if things are really good for a year or a decade or 30 years, that soon it's going to be your turn to bite the dust. Because of contrast, baby, because we got to find out what we don't love to find out what we do love. You're off the hook. You're free. You're you're entitled to follow your heart and live your dreams. You're pushed on to greatness every single day. You're not here to be eating crow or eating dirt. Um, it, it never did make any sense. Yes, there is such a thing as contrast, um, and we can play off of it and do play off of it, but you don't have to go through all of it to get to where you want to go. Hum Jumbo, fellow adventurers. The question today is, 
why so much suffering? It does at times with the improper lens look utterly overwhelming. And thanks to several of you who asked this question. To address this one, I want to read to you a very brief note from the universe that went out many, many years ago. One of my favorite ones. Um, see if you understand. You might never guess it, Mike, but sometimes even here we get frustrated. The classic case happens at homecoming parties when someone has passed over from time and space and they're in heaven. Okay, frustrating, awkward. Uh, when we hear the guest of honor lament, gosh, but I had no idea. I never would have guessed. I didn't know how powerful I was. I didn't know I had such an effect on other people. I didn't know I was responsible for my thoughts, my words, my actions. I just didn't know. <clears throat> but it's even more awkward for them when we reply, yes, but you could have known. Ask more questions. And then the PS is, of course, we follow that up with something much lighter, like, hey, Mike, you look fabulous in wings. So do you understand why so much suffering in the world? It's the easiest question of all, and it has nothing to do with people being base or bad or immoral or the devil, no such thing as the devil. It's entirely to do with the levels of truth we've uncovered. We've talked about that earlier in spiritual tune-ups, that truth will set you free, that truth is the soothing balm, the elixir of life. There is a truth in all matters. It is benign, it is simple, it is obvious. <clears throat> but yet, we're very early in the arc of our spiritual evolution, the evolution of consciousness on planet Earth today, it's been higher in the past. It will be higher in the future. The arc of our evolution is we're still caveman, cave women, you know, and we are using our physical senses alone to assess and judge reality and to assess and judge ourselves and to assess and judge other people, their path, our own path. And moreover, in our naiveties, which is a kind word here for ignorance. Uh, and I share it. I'm as ignorant as anybody. I'm a student as much as you. Um, in our naiveties, we just grab on to the concepts given to us nine times out of 10 by our parents. If our parents think God's an angry white man, well, of course he is. If our parents think there is no God, we think, well, of course there is not. If our parents are Democratic, Democrats or Republicans, so often we just toe the line. And wherever your beliefs are, they will be reinforced by your subsequent manifestations. But because we haven't gone within, we don't realize we are streaming manifestors. So we just perpetuate the naiveties and we live in what people tell us is a cold, hard world. This is why there's so much suffering in the world. If 
We want to change things one person at our time, beginning with ourselves, ask more questions, go within. And this is not some esoteric plea. This is not, you know, get really profound, get really deep, go within, quiet your mind. No, no, no. Just anything and everything that you have taken as bedrock reality with regard to the nature of reality, with regard to the nature of people, with regard to spirituality, everything that you assume is true, question it. Everything I tell you, question it. Be your own detective, be your own truth barometer. We have it within us to, to either look at the world and see beauty and love everywhere, or we have it within us to look at the world and see pain and suffering everywhere. And this is not to negate the very good questions. There is a lot of suffering in the world, but let's not add to it. Let's go within and see that we are truly pushed on to greatness. Let's see by taking inventory that we are truly inclined to succeed, that our positive thoughts are 10,000 times more powerful than our negative thoughts. 10,000 times that we, when faced with a problem, a lion, a tiger, and bear, 99% of the time, we overcome it. What's going on here? This is not a cold, hard, cruel world. This is a world that's just dressed up in paradise where we get to earn our wings by seeing the obvious. Now, again, I'm not denying suffering. I'm not denying pain. I'm not denying the ugliness that lurks in every corner of the world. But we can shine our own lights there by going within and saying, does that make sense? Would, would God really be a white guy? Would he really even be a guy? Would, um, would it make sense we live one time and then lights out? Would it make sense in light of the mind-boggling intelligence uh, required for photosynthesis required to get bumblebees to go to a flower and cross-pollinate. I mean, the intelligence everywhere is mind-numbing. Celebrate it. Realize you are part of it. Realize that by changing your perspectives, you can change your fortunes. And one person at a time, we become examples and lights to other people. Life gets easier and easier and easier, even in the height of our naiveties right now. Most people thinking God's angry. Most the rest of the people thinking that uh, life is a random chance accident, we still thrive. Life is getting better and easier everywhere. We're all connected. We, um, well, we're connected and we're in love and we do business and we cooperate in the world and we cooperate uh, in the traffic and the streets and we cooperate. You know, people are amazing. People are awesome. They all mean so well. We all have a support team, our angels. It's like it doesn't get any better than living in a paradise where your thoughts become things. And you can change what you don't like on the fly by changing what you focus on. Don't dissipate your power by, by looking for more pain, by looking at what's wrong in the world. There is always a million more things to celebrate than to be sad about a million more things to be excited about than to be scared of. This is our paradise. And the, the news here is so good. It's like, wow, when you see it everywhere within yourself and you don't even know what your purpose is, divine intelligence has a purpose, right? Creation, expansion, and love.
And you wouldn't be here if you weren't part of the purpose of the divine. So just chill, relax, focus on what's good, focus on what's beautiful, absolutely help those who are in pain, absolutely help and shine your light uh, and, and be witness of this new world order that is now blooming where love and cooperation are everywhere, where people are going within, and we are turning the page, writing a new chapter in our happily ever after stories. Jumbo fellow adventurers, I have a special visitor, a metaphysicist extraordinaire. Watch your toes and sit right here on my leg. Hey, we're going to talk about something really cool. And this is uh, my apprentice and she's learning faster than I ever learned. So um, we're going to talk about the power of our words right now. So um, sometimes when you tell me stuff, tell everybody your name. Rebecca. Rebecca. Let me adjust the camera here. So sometimes when you tell me stuff and you say, oh, I can't sleep. Oh, I don't have a good memory. What do I tell you? That is true. Uh, that, that, what do I tell you about the power of our words? It's important. They're very, very important. So if you say, I'm tired, if you say, I can't, uh, I don't have a good memory, are you going to become more tired or less tired? If you say, I'm tired, and I say, oh, be careful of your words. Need to become more tired. More tired. And the same thing about your memory or other things that you find annoying. Annoying. So um so what do we what do we suggest that you do? Change the words and say the opposite. Of course, I'm always glad you tell me if some if you're in pain or or if you're too tired or if your tummy hurts, always tell me. But then start working on your words. Okay, okay, come on, tell everybody. So what might we say that uh, uh, I always fall asleep easy. I always fall asleep fast. I have an awesome memory. And what does that do for us? Makes it true. Makes it true. Our words make things true. true. Ah! The power of our words is amazing. Any other words you'd like to share with our audience about the power of our words? <laughs> All right, I think she has made her appearance. Okay, let me take it from here darling all right so you already know you've read louise hay uh, you've maybe read florence scovel shin your word is your wand it is so true first there was the word it's in the bible your words build temples and they tear temples down okay pumpkin okay i think you should just sit and maybe read a book okay um so the power of your words is unmistakable there's no denying it, but where does that power come from? Why are our words so crucial in changing circumstances we don't like or creating a world that we love? Thoughts become things. It is our focus that changes everything. It is our focus in thought that changes everything. And when we think thoughts to such a degree that of an infinite number of words, those are the ones that roll off of our tongue. That means those affirmations, those statements, intentionally or accidentally, I don't have a good memory, I can't fall asleep at night, blah, blah, 
those are the words that reveal what our focus is. And our focus is our thoughts that become the things and events of our lives. It's really simple. Thoughts becoming things is one of the only absolutes with regard to how life unfolds. It overrides everything. There's no mitigating factors. Not even God gets involved other than you being God choosing your words. So words become things. Our actions become things because they reveal where our thinking is. Therefore, if we can pay attention to what we're thinking about every day, we are going to have that much more ability and awareness to correct our thoughts, to make them more powerful, to make them more directed to serving our needs. So the power of our thoughts is almighty and they're reflected in our words. Pay attention to your words and you know what you're thinking. Change those words that aren't serving you. Uh, I am the thoughts become things guy. I'm not the first person who have uttered those words, but uh, I did derive them for a t-shirt sold in a souvenir market a long time ago. Thoughts become things, choose the good ones. Uh, and it hit me so that there's probably no other three words in the entire English language or any language on earth that says so much about where we fit into the equation of reality creation. It is the end all and be all of living the life of your dreams. So from time to time, I get an amazing question like this one. So when someone dies unexpectedly in a car accident or a heart attack or anything really, was this part of their thoughts becoming things? Was this what they wanted to happen? How do we view events that seem unexpected and devastating if we are supposed to view life as everything happening the way it should and all of our dreams will come true? Things like things continue, things like this continue to be very confusing and don't seem to follow the truths. Okay, so what I have for you might poke, it might be abrasive, but it is the light of truth and it will resonate with you as you let it percolate and sink in. Um, sometimes, and I've got a lot of background for you on this one, sometimes the only way our thoughts can become things is for us to be drawn through unthought of territory. Sometimes our thoughts become things by drawing us through unthought of territory. Otherwise, they couldn't become the things and events of our lives. As an example, an analogy, I live in Orlando right now. Sometimes I drive to Miami, love Miami, South Beach, Brickle Key, Collins Avenue. It is so cool. I'm even learning the language these days, literally. Um, when I get in my car in Orlando, that's where I'm starting. I'm thinking thoughts of South Beach, South Beach, South Beach, baby. But now I've got to go on a journey on I-4, the turnpike, 275, I-75, you know, A1A. Uh, and on that journey, I will pass smiling faces in cars. I will pass middle fingers in cars. I will pass uh rest areas i'll stop somewhere to get some food uh i'll have a conversation uh things will happen in that three and a half four hour journey that i did not think about ahead of time 
But because I can't just manifest myself in Miami yet, that means I need to be drawn through unthought of territory. Does that mean absolutely anything could happen and the next car that passes me turns into an elephant? No, this does not mean anything could happen to anybody. Everything that does happen on that journey to Miami will be predicated based on all of my other thoughts about nature, about life, about reality, about human nature. And that's going to dictate on the fly the kind of occurrences I'm going to meet. Okay, so sometimes our thoughts, for them to become things, need to draw us through unthought of territory. Therefore, in your life, whenever the unexpected, and I've got a lot more coming, whenever the unexpected lands on your path, the unthought of, it is always triple underlined dangerous word. It is always a stepping stone in a journey to a further destination that you had been thinking about. Now consider this. Most people don't operate their lives thinking strictly of end results and destinations. I'm going to go here. I'm going to walk in the sunshine. I'm going to live in wealth and abundance. I'm going to be surrounded by friends and laughter. Most people think thoughts like, life is difficult, God is angry, people are mean, and worse. So, so not only are those some of their destinations, but the road to their arrival is going to be bumpy and crazy and hurtful, okay? Now, the unexpected, cancer, heart attack, devastation. Okay, this is the part that's you know not always so easy. But a lot of times we have conflicting thoughts and we think, um, I'm going to live in abundance and I'm going to be surrounded by friends and I love my life. Jerk, idiot, moron, people are so awful and God is putting us through tests. Those kind of thoughts don't make for a pretty cake. Okay, you're going to get good and bad and wonky and surprises. You know, the people who think life is so brutal, you know, they may well be predisposed, given whatever other thoughts they're thinking, to a sudden devastation. They may believe that they are vulnerable, that all people are vulnerable, that they could be having a great day and some moron drives their car right into them, or their body might let them down. It's let them down before. This person who thinks that life's a test, who really maybe lacks enthusiasm for living, who claims to want to live in wealth and abundance, friends and laughter, they may get a heart attack. This is extremely hypothetical. This does not cover every heart attack situation. But when people have crossed beliefs, crossed thoughts as well, they're going to have mixed up, unpredictable, seemingly devastating manifestations. And you can rightly say they never thought about that. They never did think about that. But it made possible for them to live in a world that they thought existed where they are vulnerable. People are jerks and God is angry. Think of another situation here. It is well known that there is a correlation, well known to metaphysicists, a correlation between cancer and anger. Cancer and emotions, cancer and denial. 
This does not explain all cancers. This does not mean if you know somebody or if you've had cancer that any of those apply to you. But there is an indisputable, if you read the kind of books I read, uh, connection between anger significantly and cancer or other emotions and cancer. What is anger but a shutting down, a denial, a resistance to life itself? What do you think you're manifesting in your body when you're shutting it down, you might not be thinking, I'm shutting my body down, but you are shutting your body down. You're saying no to life. You're saying no to the morons. You're saying, I don't like it. It doesn't work. It's not fair. You want to see not fair? Check the CAT scan, okay? Prolonged anger or any intense emotion, as we all know, brings about wonky side effects to the physical body, whether you thought about those side effects or not, whether or not they've ever been diagnosed in another human being or not. We are so connected to the divine and infinite possibilities, we will find the suitable ailment that matches our focus on resistance, blockage, denial, vulnerability, etc. Okay, these are sweeping explanations that do not apply to all people, that do not apply to all cancers. The explanations do. My hypotheticals don't. Okay, so the good news here is you're inclined to succeed. Just get out of your own way. Do your best to think some th positive thoughts and know that they are 10,000 times more powerful than negative thoughts. Do your best to resolve inner conflicts instead of resisting and fighting and thinking that you're vulnerable. I am a being of light. I am pure God Almighty. I am here to thrive. I am pushed on to greatness. And then demonstrate with affirmations and baby steps that confirm the little bit of positivity you can muster up on a dark and dingy day. And you will blow the lid off of this joint because you're inclined to succeed. You're not vulnerable, not even to your own negativity, so long as you do what you can being positive to the best of your ability. Well, there you have it, fellow adventurer. Thanks for listening to this most recent installment of Spiritual Tune-Ups. If you enjoyed this podcast, please take a few seconds to rate it on the podcast service you're using right now. It makes a big difference in helping more people find us. And of course, if you want daily reminders of life's magic and your power, please sign up at tut.com for my free Notes from the Universe emails. Tally ho!